Hello everyone, welcome to Season 9, Episode 9 of What's in the Pod, hosted by me, Ben Grabia. On today's episode, I'm joined by my dad to discuss the 1985 movie, The Breakfast Club. I thought it was a very, very interesting time to do this movie, as it is the 39th year anniversary in two weeks. And as, as I go out into the world as an educator, this movie is very interesting from the educator perspective. And also just it being 39 years old and how weirdly relevant it still is and has a couple moments where it's like, ah, I don't think things have changed. But I thought I might as well bring on the John Hughes expert, my dad. And this is the third John Hughes movie in What's in the Pod history following Ferris Bueller's Day Off and Home Alone. Here we go. Saturday, March 24th, 1984. Shermer High School. Shermer, Illinois. 60062. Cue the music. All right, Dad, back on the pot. How are you? Good. How are you? Glad to be back. When's the? I was just trying to think about the. When's the? What's the last movie we did together? Uh, I want to say Wedding Singer. No, maybe. Or I was gonna say, uh, was it Bull Durham? No. Oh, okay. Because I think we did. Remember, we did Bull Durham and uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall in the same day. Yeah, did we recorded them on the same day, and then I think we did Wedding Singer with uh, me and Van. But that was, uh, I think, that was after. Okay, right on. But anyways, I feel like uh, anytime I have to do a movie around this era, you have to be on. It is kind of my forte, you know. I am. Uh, a self-proclaimed John Hughes expert. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm happy to be here. I'm just looking over some of my notes here. Sorry, so I should focus. Okay, I'll get into the background while you do that, and then we can start. Sure. Breakfast Club was released on February 15th, 1985. Five high school students meet in Saturday detention and discover they have a great deal more in common than they thought. Written and directed by John Hughes, starring Emilio Estevez, Judd Nelson, Molly Ringwald, Ali Sheedy, Anthony Michael Hall, and Paul Gleason. It cost $1 million to make and made $50 million at the box office. The fact that two things that really come out stand out to mind when I get this background is usually when I do like the starring part, I have to like, okay, who should I cut from this? Like I'll get the couple lead actors and maybe a couple side characters. I literally, I think I got everybody <laughs> in the cast. <laughs> And except for John Capellos, the janitor, the janitor, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. It. and then also it costing a million dollars to make is like that would that would be the price of a side character now, yeah, and the fact that it made fifty times its return, like think about that, and fifty mil is even that much, yeah, but I mean in today's dollars, like yeah, but any it doesn't like it's all about it's not actually usually about how much you gross, it's about how much the gross is versus how much you spend, right, mm-hmm. so. I don't know if you say spend two hundred million dollars on a movie. If you brought in fifty times that, like that's a like the studio is going to be yeah like okay, <laughs> uh, and it's funny because yeah, he, it was basically supposed to be his directorial debut, so he had to basically beg them for money, and they only would give him a million dollars. And I would imagine he was, I mean, it ended up not being the first movie. They put sixteen candles out first. Yeah. Because after he wrote that, he changed his mind and said, hey, can we flip the order? Yeah. But I have to imagine 
after that, he was probably greenlit for anything yeah. he ever, <laughs> ever wanted to do. So, at that time, with Estevez and Ringwald and Sheedy and Nelson, those guys, like, who was big? Like, none of them? Uh, I mean, I mean, that's that's the Brat Pack, right? So, mm-hmm. and those were sort of the elder members of the Brat Pack. So, it's interesting because there's a real contrast in age in the movie. So, Anthony Michael Hall and uh, Molly Ringwald are actually 15. Hmm. Right, so they're very young, and she would have just done sixteen candles. They both would have just done sixteen candles with them, but they're actually like high school age. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Estevez and Sheedy were twenty one, mm-hmm. so out of high school, and Judd Nelson's twenty four, so much older. And what's funny is is that the three of them are also in a movie called Saint Elmo's Fire, which comes out in the same year. They're high school graduate recent. Oh, sorry, recent university graduates <laughs> in that movie. And then here they're playing high school kids. I think at that time, probably, I mean, I don't, I mean, I imagine what the year before that 16 candles, so Ringwald and, and, uh, and Anthony Michael Hall would have been huge stars. Estevez would have been also, cause he would have done earlier stuff. And they would have been like, oh, that's Martin Sheen's kid. Yeah. I mean, I would assume so. I'm trying, was he in? Is he in The Outsiders? He is in The yeah, Outsiders, right? Outside, yeah. yeah, so he would have had The Outsiders under his belt. He was already, I think, in talks to do Platoon. He mm. passed on Platoon, and Charlie, his brother, took it. Charlie Sheen actually took the job, Yeah, which is interesting. Yeah, so I think probably those three would have been the biggest stars. I don't know if Judd Nelson and Ali Sheedy would have done other stuff yet, or... And I didn't look at their filmographies. But yeah, I would imagine, like, especially for teen idols, the, it would have been Molly Ringwald and Anthony Michael Hall. I mean, Hall plays a nerd again. Yeah. But, yeah. To me, it's... So watching it, <clears throat> obviously, as it, like... So when I first watched it, when you showed it to me when I was a kid, like, it was, like, uh, a lot of stuff just went over my head. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, this is fine. Yeah. And as I'm watching it as a older adult now, and, like, I watched it uh, yesterday or two days ago to get ready for this. It's, to me, it seems like after this movie, this would have been like, oh, Judd Nelson's a megastar. Was that the case back then? Because he's the movie to me now. That he's yeah. the best part of the movie. I mean, he's the worst character in the... He's a total asshole. Mm-hmm. It was funny, though, because I was watching it last night thinking... So I watched it yesterday, and I thought, if he did this movie now, would he get an Oscar nomination for this? Because mm. he's really good. He is really good at being a very terrible person. I think Emilio. You don't, has, you don't see any redeeming qualities in his. Well, I mean, we can get into that yeah. after, but uh, just to me, I mean, like maybe it's not maybe that he's just like the most like yeah charismatic. He charismatic. stands out. Yeah, yeah he stands I mean, out, and he's like this yeah. guy's gonna be a huge movie star. Yeah, and I think he was really kind of the driving force. Like a lot of the stuff I've read about the movie, a lot of it was like he was the one who came up with a lot of like the the fake terminology, like those Nebo Marxy dweebs or whatever. Yeah. He would come up with those kind of things and. But they were all really invested, and that's the thing about Hughes is, I mean, one of the things that's, I think, endearing about, and why it, partly why Hughes is endured, is because he made kids, he made it from the perspective of teenagers and kids, right? So mm. they're very relatable. But it's also true that while they're making the movie, he's listening to what these kids tell him, right? So He's uh, not stuck to the script. No, or is he, you know, he's he's... In, he wants to be hip, 
Mm. Right. I mean, this is a young, he was always into music. So like, for example, the David Bowie quote from changes at the beginning, that's in the movie. Cause Ma, cause Ali Sheehy recommended it and showed him the quote and thought it tied into what the movie was yeah. about. Right. And so, and the, the kids, they've all said this as adults, they were, they were making playlists for each other and cassette tapes and sharing that kind of stuff. And I think Nelson was really involved with that. So, yeah. But it's no, he didn't really end up being a, a huge star. In fact, he faded pretty quickly. I mean, you would have had other people, Rob Lowe, Demi Moore. Estevez was huge mm-hmm. for a while, you know, doing like coming out, doing Young Guns, Mighty Ducks, all kinds of things. But no, his career never really took off. I mean, yeah. he had a few of those Brat Pack movies and then. You know, him and, like, people like C. Thomas Howell and a couple others, they just kind of, they faded away. Yeah. Hmm. And the I think longevity of their career between the five of them is probably Sheedy, right? Estevez, for sure. Like you, you think he's had the best career even now? Yes. Yeah. Out of all of them, yeah. I mean, I think that all of them have found work later in their careers, and I think Molly Ringwald, particularly her attachments to the Ryan, she's sort of part of Ryan Murphy's orbit now yeah so she gets to do a lot of stuff with him mm-hmm. um i think that's kind of resurrected her career but they all kind of disappeared for a while hall was kind of always around doing just very supplemental work he's also a person that just dramatic like his looks just dramatically changed, changed right? yeah. same so, with nelson like nelson was like a yeah. good looking young man and i look yeah. at him now and he's like whoa well, yeah. like he didn't age too <laughs> yeah, too well no but i would say estevez for sure has had the best career out of all of them yeah do you remember seeing this? Did you see this in the theater? I did not see this in the theater. I saw it on VHS. I'm not going to lie. It's a wonderful movie, but I have not. I don't watch it a lot because it's dark. It's a hard movie to watch. It's mm. unlike the other movies, which are comedies but have dramatic elements or they're, uh, they're more like dramas endearing. that have comedic elements. This is really like just pretty hard hitting the entire time. Like There's a couple times when you kind of chuckle and laugh and when they do in the movie yeah but for the most part you're just like oh yeah yeah i actually found it uh we could talk about this but like the vernon vernon um what's john nelson's character was just blanked bander yeah bander like the two of them their dialogue it like i was like laughing out loud like yeah but it's not supposed to be funny it's just like yeah. paul gleason kind of so over the top that he's funny. But. It's very stereotypical language, right? Yeah. You mess with the bull, you get you the horn. He does this, he does like the bull <laughs> the horns, he walks away like <laughs> two months. Two yeah, months. Like, yeah. <laughs> or even like, yeah, there's lots of like weird language in there. Like even Emilio yeah. Estevez, like me hitting you and you hitting the ground. <laughs> like It's very like over the top, cliched 80s, like stereotypical stuff. But yeah. I also wonder if some of it's like, oh, that's actually where it came from. Yeah. Right? Like I... I noticed last night, like we all think of eat my shorts as being Bart Simpson, but Judd Nelson says yeah. it in that movie like shorts, six yeah. years earlier. Yeah. And it's like, where did that come from? It was interesting. I was doing some research of other movies that would have came out in 85. Um, Goonies came out that year. Weird science. Yeah. Teen Wolf. Back to the future. Oh, man, that is like the teen yeah. bonanza. Hey, Beverly Hills cop. Yeah. Rocky four. Oh. And I'm actually, it was interesting. Here were the, some of the Oscar movies that were out there, like The Color Purple, Out of Africa, Witness. Like, yeah. I was looking at the Oscar. I always like to look at the Oscars yeah. now, like kind of a snapshot, and like all these movies are terrible. Like, What's endured? Color Purple is yeah. probably the only one that people yeah. would still like. 
Out of Africa, I like Out of Africa, yeah, but I would never like. I like Witness too, but yeah. I like when I saw it. I haven't yeah. seen it since. Yeah, same with Color Purple. Like I'm like okay, but yeah. Yeah, and then I was also doing some research on some of the best high school kind of movies, and I would like to. I'm just gonna ask you, is this movie better than that one? So Breakfast Club or the movie uh, that I'm gonna say? Sure. So Dead Poet Society. Man, come on. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take Dead Poets. It's because it's one of yeah. my favorite movies of all time. I I would agree with that. Ferris yeah. Bueller? Ferris Bueller. Yeah. Agreed. Clueless. Breakfast Club. Mean Girls. Oh fuck. Breakfast Club. Fast Times at Ridgemont High. <laughs> Again, come on. Fast yeah. Times is like my bread and butter. Yeah. Fast Times. Days of Confused. Uh, I love Days of Confused, but I'll Probably, I mean, I guess it like what I just enjoy or to what I think is more like a better high school like movie. Like just a better high school movie. Oh, they both are very on point. Uh, push. We'll push? Say that's a push, yeah. <laughs> Ten Things I Hate About You. Oh, Breakfast Club for sure. 16 Candles. Breakfast Club, even though I like 16 yeah. Candles more. Uh, she's All That. You're killing me with these. these are like I know. Some, no, there's, some, there's a lot real more good for, ones. For coming of age movies, yeah. yeah. I actually think I have a letterbox sort of list with a bunch of these. Yeah. Uh, she's all that. Yeah, Breakfast Club. Edge of 17. Have you seen that one? It's the one with uh, Haley Steinfeld that came out in 2016. Oh, yeah. With, is it Woody, no, Harrelson? Woody Harrelson? Yeah, yeah. That's good, too. Uh, no. Breakfast yeah. Club. Grease? Breakfast Club. Super bad. <sighs> Breakfast Club. What? <laughs> <laughs> I knew you'd get mad at that. I knew you'd get mad at that. Booksmart? Have you seen Booksmart? Yeah, also good. Yeah. Uh, Booksmart's really good, actually. Yeah. Uh, Breakfast Club. Peaks of being, or sorry, Perks, Perks of, of being, being a Wallflower. wallflower. <sighs> I like the Breakfast Club better, but the book of Perks is it's top good. notch, yeah. Uh, a couple more. Heathers? <sighs> really getting into stabbing the Gen X yeah. hard here. <laughs> <laughs> Breakfast Club. Uh, school ties, oh Breakfast Club yeah. for sure. Do you like school ties? Yeah, I do yeah. like school ties. Yeah. And last one, Pretty in Pink. Blaine. <laughs> Blaine. <laughs> <It's> a... <laughs> uh, uh, Pretty in Pink. I love Pretty in Pink. Kind of the point with that exercise I just did is, other than Edge of Seventeen and maybe like Super Bad and Booksmart and Books Perks of Being Wild, like yeah. it was really all like nineties, eighties movies. Yeah. Like they don't do high school movies like this anymore no and for the big challenge for me is i always tend i'll always prefer to choose comedies i think most people will like what makes me happy like yeah. you don't watch the breakfast club and go oh i feel great i'm gonna go out now and <laughs> rip it around they town try to, they try to make you feel good at the end of the movie with sure. like the with the the song or whatever but it's not like dazed and confused or whatever where you're like Woo, Woo. Let's go, yeah right? exactly like it's a, so that's that makes those things difficult i would say it's probably the best of the other than Dead Poets, I would say it's probably the best of like the dramatic ones, and then yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that is interesting too, right? I mean, I do think. I mean, I have I have no sense. I'm an old man now, and even you're getting up there. It's just like why I just don't want to watch. So if they were to make a high school movie now, like a really good one now, like yeah. it's set in 2024, like it, you'd have to talk about social media and TikTok. Yeah. And I'm not interested in that. Like I don't. Yeah, I think maybe some of that's moved to TV too, though, right? So you've got yeah, shows like true. Sex Education, Euphoria, or Euphoria Riverdale, some mm. of those other ones where maybe they can deal with these things more quickly. Because there was never, I mean, the comedies that were on during that time in the eight. I mean, I guess you would have the ones that would be comparable in the nineties to like The Breakfast Club, Freaks were, and Geeks, were more like Beverly Hills Nine Hundred Two One Zero, The OC, like those kinds of ones, but they weren't comedies. Yeah. Um, like a comedy, like I don't know, Full House or something, doesn't really deal with a lot of heavy 
teen issue. Do you think like Fresh Prince? What about I guess? Gilmore Girls? Gilmore Girls for sure, exactly right. Like, there's a lot of those. Fresh Prince, I feel like, deals with a lot of heavy high school yeah. issues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a very interesting thing. I mean, I think that's just the way of all movies right now. Is that everything is so hyper focused on? I, I don't want to say superheroes, but intellectual property movies, mm. right? So wh- whether it's Marvel, it's Mario. Whether it's DC's coming DC, out with stuff. whether it's Star Wars, like it's not just superhero stuff. It's anything that they can sell merchandise and toys in a store. It's things that they can go back to, which has always been the case. I mean, Sherlock Holmes has been done a billion times. Shakespeare's been done a billion times. But it really seems to sort of dominate things now. And then you only have a few sort of counterpunchers like A24. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're not even really doing sort of... I don't know. Just like movies have changed. Yeah, they're, they're just, just different. different now. You know, like I think about Miramax in the '90s, and you think about Goodwill Hunting or Pulp Fiction or any of these other movies. They weren't mainstream, but they're like more mainstream than most of the A24 stuff. Yeah, like, the A24 stuff will really can go way yeah. out yeah, there, yeah. right? Like, but yeah, it's just different. I don't know. Do you think this movie? Has a, the same kind of punch if it comes out around now, or do you think it really, it really like hit back then? No, I think this movie can resonate still now. It's just how it's written and what the things you talk about are, right? But it really, I mean, I don't. I think the the conflict, the turmoil, the misunderstanding, the et cetera, et cetera, between children, their parents, and, and the their teachers is as yeah. old as time, and uh-huh. especially you know, sort of to get into sort of the educational history stuff, right? Is that children weren't even really sort of considered children mm-hmm. until like the 1800s. They were just kind of treated like young, like they were young old people. Yeah. <laughs> right? So this concept, and I don't know if you've taken any of this in your in your ed classes, but like this sort of idea that kids have their own things and their own needs and they develop cognitively differently or mm-hmm. puberty, like all those kinds of things are all kind of like the last hundred years. But they haven't changed that much like now you would now it would be something about someone maybe coming out right yeah. there would be stuff about coming out there'd be stuff about maybe trans LG, like there'd be much more lgbtq there'd be more race conversation in there yeah. maybe some maybe one of the kids is um a lot like half and half yeah. right or or half asian half white whatever the combination might be and has yeah. to deal with that challenge and what their expectation is so i think some of the things would be different but i think like that part at the end where they were all like where she said, I think it's how she says, like, we're all going to turn into our parents. Mm. Yeah. That is something <laughs> that just hits home and you're all, yeah. you're all like, I mean, I watched it again last night and I was like, yeah. yeah. Like, do you, so when's the last time you've seen it? Oh, probably, like with me, like a while, like a yeah, long time. Yeah, might have been with you. Like, cause I, do you remember uh, for Easter one year? Yeah. You got me that little box set. It came in like a, yeah. it was like a red, I still have the boxes. I yeah. thought the box was cool, but it was like a red box of this 16 candles yeah. and weird science. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I, probably the last time might have been with you. I might have watched it once before, but again, like you said, like it's not a rewatchable, it's not no. like Ferris or even any other ones where you're like, I'm just going to have this on in the, have back. in the background <laughs> and maybe go pee and come back. And yeah. it's like, whatever, like yeah. when I want to watch this movie, I'm like, Oh, I have to like, I'm invested to watch this yeah. movie. And it's hard. It took me a while. Like I was saying to van, um, my wife this week, I was like, I'm really struggling to watch this. And she's like, why? And I'm like, I think that's why. Cause it's a serious movie and it really makes you think about things. I mean, I'm 50 
but I think about me as a parent to you, but also yeah. still, you, you know, there's still all a kid in us and you think about exactly, that stuff yeah. about how your parents treated you and how you interacted and did Van watch it with you? No, just by myself. And, and I, that was, I made that, she said, you want me to watch with you? And I said, no, I want to watch it by myself. And did you like, after like, okay, I'm glad I watched it and enjoyed it. So glad I watched so, yeah. it. It's so good. Yeah. It's so good. I've also been interested because I've seen it's sort of coming around in the zeitgeist a little bit lately. So, so Molly Ringwald's been doing the rounds the last week because she's got that new Swans project with mm-hmm. uh, Capote and the Swans. And everyone's asking her. So she's been talking about how she's watched it recently with her kids. And it's led to really good conversations and sort of how the kids her age watch it and are just like aghast at yeah. certain sorts of things. I was when yeah. I watched it the other day. Right. I mean... I was in 1984, like, you know, like, there are things in there, like, he sexually harasses, like, Bender is yeah. sexually harassing her. Yes. Back, even in 1984, that was, oh, I whoa. remember being like, oh, whoa, and like, you know, there's this this trope about, you know, and that's one of the things that I think is problematic about the movie, is like, he treats her like absolute garbage, and yet yeah. somehow at the end, they're like making out and changing gets the girl. Ear. He gets the girl, and it's like this whole thing about like girls falling for the guys that are mean to them right mm-hmm. so um like there's that line in the it's the remember when they they go running around the hallways yeah and the two of them are kind of like bender and uh ringwald are kind of the lead yeah or claire and he's like being bad feels pretty good doesn't it and yeah. she kind of smiles at him, and then i'm like oh yeah like yeah here it is <laughs> it's on it's on yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i don't know i mean i think there is that thing that i think for i mean I'm 50, so I'm going to, you know, it's an interesting question to hear what you say, but, you know, be interested to hear if we had some, if you watch this, if you did, did this and talked to, to someone, uh, some women about this, about this movie, but I do think for me growing up, there was a part of me, because I felt like a little bit of an outsider, like, I mean, I did sports and I did drama and I did all those things, but I still kind of always felt like an outsider. I didn't feel attractive. Mm-hmm. So the way for me to get to a girl who I liked was to make jokes, to be funny, and kind of to razz them, right? Right, right, right. Never, you know, and that's always the thing. It's like if the guy's picking on you, that means he really likes you, yeah, right? Yeah, like that's what they say in like elementary school and stuff. Yeah, yeah. right. Um, but that is just like, what the, <laughs> what the hell? Like, yeah. and that's what I really like when I watched it again last night. I really like Andy. Great name. Yeah. But Emilio Estevez's character, cause he has such a strong moral character, right? Like he's immediately protective of Molly Ringwald. All he, of them. He's all a protective of, them. of all of them. Yeah. And how much he breaks down at the end talking about the guy that he bullied. Like, yeah. It's yeah, pretty amazing, right? So, but yeah, there was that, you know, like, that's how, when I watched the movie, I kind of feel like how Andy feels. Like, that mm-hmm. would have been, I hope me, would have yeah. been like, like, what the hell are you doing, dude? Like, yeah. you know, yeah. such a dick. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, do you have anything else that you want to tackle before we get into categories? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, the only thing that I could think of that was... I mean, I always like to talk about the trivia of Shermer, Illinois, and all of that, but yeah. that's fine. When we we can talk of... about that when we get to the nerd part. Yeah. 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 Yeah, totally. All right, we'll take a quick break, and then we'll hit the categories. Okay. All 
All right, coming back with uh, category number one, Mount Rushmore. Okay, before we start, can I put you over a little bit? Yeah. I'm going to put you over. So anyone, if you are ever asked to do a podcast with Ben, I would say that you should just accept. Because mm. like the moment I got here, I got a Coca-Cola and a blanket. He covered me in a blanket so that I would be warm and comfortable while shooting this podcast. So I just wanted to put you over and say thank you very yes, much. Yes, you're welcome. That, yeah. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, I got you two favorite things. Just, <laughs> yeah, this yeah. room that I've been kind of recording in now in my, my house is this little like, to explain it to people who aren't here, it's like this, it's a concrete box and yeah. it's cold in here. Yeah, because there's no, no rug on yeah, the Yeah, there's no rug, floor, yes. So it's the feet, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's freezing in here. Yeah. So I was You'd like, be good. You could put... Uh, Store a lot of dead meat. Yeah. <laughs> like in this, like behind me, there's a door. Like I'll show you on the break. Oh, yeah. Like there's a open the door and there's Is a couple your, shelves in there. Pickles are in there. Yeah, my paint. Cold, your cold room. Paint jars. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, I definitely recommend mm-hmm. take it. Yeah, because the quality of service here was outstanding. Outstanding. So, anyways, yes. back to uh, Mount Rushmore. Is that yeah, what we were? Top four scenes. So. Um, okay. Oh, top four scenes. So. The first scene I had was the I, I really like the opening scene. It's first of all I want to preface it's like I feel like it's hard because a lot of this movie is obviously like we talk about, it's like a play. Yeah. So a lot of the scenes are like really long. So yeah. I kind of had to break it like yeah. figure a way to break. Like, there's like some scenes yeah. are like 35 minutes. Yeah. Or whatever. Um, the opening scene until the very first interaction between Bender and Brian. Okay. So I like I actually really like when they're all talking to their parents. Yeah, and how they show up. They show up, up and they all walk on. I like how they all show up in a car and yeah. Ben, but Bender is walking. Even just the quick shots of like the different things in the high school that tell you bits yep. and pieces like, oh, that's Bender's locker. Yes. Oh, there's the janitor. He was the yep. student of the year. Like yes. it gives you stuff, right? Yeah. 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 Um, I really like the scene when uh, Vernon comes in after like the door closes. <laughs> yeah. Who closed the door? And yeah. Then, where he's like screws fall all the time. The world's in a yeah. perfect place. Yeah, and you. You get your first insight that as much as they may not like each other right now, they're still in it. In stick it, it to the man. Stick it to the. They're not like not giving into the teacher, yeah. right? They're not going to rat each other out. Or yeah. Vernon is just like I love when he's like he just in his first interaction he's laid down the law. He's very firm, and they're all like, okay, yeah, like yeah. no one messes with Vernon. And then he's like, who closes the door? And then I think it's Andy who's like. You told us not to move, and he's like, "Shut up!" <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. He's so awesome. Um, yeah. Then, really far down, the con- I think it's called the I call it the confession scene. Yeah. Um, the scene where all sitting in the circle and Annie does his like his monologue. Yeah. So near the very, very end of the movie, movie, really. Yeah. yeah. I'm skipping all the way to the end of the yeah, movie. Up top, the second floor. Yeah. Yeah, and then the last one I have the one where they're kind of dancing around the library yeah. after that. Yeah. So those are my four. Yeah, I mean, I don't really. The only ones that I would say were are different is I. <laughs> Because they're so quintessentially 80s, is running around the hallway. Yeah. And you get them like the classic, the famous breakfast club yeah. slide and yeah. then turn around. But you get the nice wide shots of the lockers and how they use lockers is like color. Yeah. And it's the 80s. And it's shot. I'd like to know what that movie's shot on because it's not very bright, even like because there's a Criterion Master and it's not, it doesn't really pop. Mm-hmm. But so like I love that scene, and then of course the dancing around scene. Yeah. Uh, I still don't understand how Emilio Estevez broke a window by just going ah uh. like it was not that loud <laughs> or how he or he's like running around like so they like he smoked crack yeah like that's not what that drug no. does to you no the anthony michael i meant to try to remember it was one of my favorite lines he has a line where he kind of talks a like little jivey he's like yeah, yeah with the bit yeah, with the joint or yes, whatever yes i love that scene yeah. too yeah what do you think's the best scene in the movie 
I mean, I think that last scene is the, you know, the penultimate sort of scene is the last, that last one is fantastic because you really get insight into all of them. Bender's kind of already done his, like, I mean, you get a sense of Bender right away when he has a thing about his dad beating him up. That's a good, that's a good scene too. But the other ones, some of the stuff comes out a little slowly and then you find out that Ali Sheehy's there for no reason. Yeah. She just had nothing to do Dude, on a yeah. Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I'm just going to come and, yeah. you know, like put sugar on my thing and yeah like she's reading like she's looking at the liner notes for night she brought prince like yeah. purple rain with her and stuff like yeah so I, I think that's the best scene the last mini scene that i really i really like is the scene when it's uh carl and vernon are like i think they're drinking a beer yeah, their beer yeah and vernon's like man like kids have changed like delay the law and blah blah yeah. and the principal's like kids haven't changed you've changed yeah and like to me that's still so like as an educator, it's like, that is so true. Like, we have to change to match the kids. Like, not just stay stubborn in our ways. Well, and also, like, one of the things, you know, so you're training to be a teacher. I was trained to be a teacher. I taught only very briefly. But one of my experiences even going, you know, as a student going through school, like, growing up and seeing, you know, I worked at a university for a long time and hearing professors and stuff. It's like, it's not about you. No. Like, I kind of wanted the janitor to say at one point, these kids don't know who the fuck you are. Yeah. They don't care. They don't care. They'll never remember you. They don't give a shit, you yeah. know? Like, and I think that's a hard thing, like, because there's a lot of ego, right? Because, you know, well, the kids disrespect me or the kids are skipping class. It's like, you know what? A 16-year-old kid, when they're skipping class, there could be any number of things going on in yeah. their life. Their parents are fighting. They're going through puberty. They broke up with a boy or a girl. Like, who knows? The last thing in their mind it, yeah. is like, oh, I'm going to do this just to spite Mr. <laughs> Vernon. <laughs> like, they don't care, dude. Yeah. Right? And so I think that's, I think being egoless about some of that stuff, and clearly he's not, right? Mm -hmm. It is interesting, though, that, I mean, like, we're kind of getting into this now. There is that one thing after he has the big fight. There's one time where he has the fight with Bender, and he walks out, and he kind of closes the door, and he just kind of, yeah. Has a deep breath. Yeah. And it's one of those ones where it's like, oh, he doesn't want to be this person either. They no. all, you know, and so that's part of the movie, right? Is like, you all, you think you know who we are, the jock and the blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But we're not one of those. That's the only time in the movie where you kind of get a sense, like, no, this guy's a human being too. Yeah. He doesn't want to be doing this. Yeah. Whereas lots of the other time, you really feel like, oh, no, this is this guy. He loves this. He loves this. Yeah. And, you know, like, but. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Let's go to category two is what still works. This movie is airtight, like an hour 37. Yeah. Like they don't do that stuff anymore. Like, no, it is. It's like blinking. You're done. Yeah. And it's, it's so funny because that last scene that we were talking about where the, all this, the confessions come out in another movie, you would say, Oh, this is wait. Like I looked, I stopped. Cause I was like, why is it? Cause I had forgotten it was so late in the movie. And I was like, there's only 10 minutes after this. <laughs> Yeah, but it wraps up well. They do yeah. it well. Like whereas another movie, you'd be like, "Oh, that rushed. Yes. That, that rushed, rushed way too fast." Yeah, like, there needs to be more of a denouement, like a declining action or whatever. I right? think that I actually think that um, they kind of rushed the relation. Like they all get together, and then it's over. Yeah. I think they kind of rushed that. Yeah, but what you add an extra five six minutes and it's, the movie's still an hour 45 yeah i mean i think they do a good job of tracking the day so you do get a sense right. that like they have spent a lot of time together because they do the little montages where like they're sleeping or they're like chewing gum or ali she's pulling out a thing of strip like they do give you a sense of like 
because they're there at seven in the morning. Yeah. That's the other thing. I'm like, who? And this is the one. Even when I watched it the first time, I'm like, if I, who is coming in on a Saturday to do yeah. eight hour or whatever detention? I'd be like, if I was a parent, I'd be like, no, my kid's not coming in. Yeah. Like. When Why I, does when he want to be there? Why well, does Vernon want to be there? When I was in school, you got like an hour detention, maybe. Mm. No one was coming, as far as I know. I don't know. I never, I maybe got detention in junior high or something. But like, I never, like, who's coming in for a whole day? On like, Saturday. That's torture, dude. Yes. That's not like punishment. <laughs> yes. Um, John Hughes just has like his, just the style he has in his movies where like, to me, he's the most like tropey director I know. Oh, yeah. Where... You can tell more than David Fincher. Yeah, like or yes. sorry, more than Chris Nolan. Yes, you want to talk about tropey, like time and all that stuff. Yeah. Or like, I think all the best directors have. Yeah, a they all thing. have. Them. Yeah, but Spike to me, Lee's Hughes is like shots, it's yeah. so. He just has the era. Like yeah. every this is the eighties is mine basically. Totally right, yeah. and that's the thing. It's like everything that we see now is like basically, even the movies that were made at that same time. Like I think basically it was like. Oh, just do that. Yeah, exactly. Right? I think it's like one of those monumental things. Like I th- we talked about it uh, over Christmas time. We were talking about the Bond movies, mm-hmm. but we were talking about remember like Bond was a certain style and it was always very classy. And then it was like Jason Bourne came out, yeah. and all of a sudden it was like, oh no, we're gonna do movies we'll do like that. that. Now we're gonna have quick shots. We're gonna have quick edits. Gonna have really crazy thing where they're gonna fight with pots and pans. Like, yes, John Wick exists because of Bourne. Bourne, right? Yeah. Like, and I think you're totally right. Like all those movies, sort of like they're all in a John Hughes. I think still, I still think you cannot make a movie today without being, or a TV show about kids without it being compared to like, is this John Hughes good? Yes. To me, they always say in like in sports, like it's a copycat league. Yeah. Say that in Hollywood too. Yeah. Oh, like Steph Curry shooting threes and this revolutioning the NBA. We have to do that. Yeah. We got to keep up. Exactly. Like, yeah. are you doing a mobster movie? Yeah. Oh, is it as good as The Godfather? Yeah. Are you doing a sci-fi movie? Is it as good as Empire Strikes yes. Back? Like, it's the same sort of thing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, Bender, I just think that Judd Nelson is so fantastic in this movie. Like, yeah. to me, he's the best actor in the movie. Like, he, yeah. he's the, he's probably the lead character, I guess, or he has the yeah, most time. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. He's awesome in this movie. I, like, I really, really like his performance. Well, he's definitely, and I do wonder, some part of me wonders if... Because he's a real dick, and he's mm. always poking and prodding. But that's, from a writer perspective, you're getting information. Like, that's a way to get... Um, like exposition? Exposition, exactly. That's, thank you. I was, like, yes. stuck on the word. That's where you're getting exposition. You're finding out about these characters, not because they've revealed it themselves, or there's been some shot with the pair. Like, there's no cut scene to something else. There's yes. no flashback. Yep. It's because he's a dick. Yeah. And he's just like, what, why are you doing this? Where are you doing this? Yes. And so then you find out more about the other character. Like, he's kind of like the conductor of people's yeah. emotions. <laughs> and then, like, pulling out all the information. The movie's really them. boring if he's not there because no, no one would talk. No one would talk. Yeah. No, They exactly. would have stayed quiet if he wasn't there. Absolutely. It would have been, they all would have been super well behaved. Yep. And they would have been out of there so fast. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Like he, like Vernon probably would have come in at like eleven o'clock. and been like, "You guys are losers. Just go, go home. home. <laughs> like I gotta. Go this sh- is boring. Yeah, I gotta go watch college football. Yeah, like, yeah. Go home. Um, the soundtrack. Yeah. Is brilliant, and then also the library, like yeah. the set, like the, that is a. I have never seen a library. There's a like that ever. One of the things that I had in my nerd facts, but I'll share it now. One of the 
I can't remember what episode it is. It's season three of Sex Education, which is a British show on uh, Netflix that I highly recommend. They kind of do a John Hughes episode. Mm. And what you realize in that episode, it's been there the whole show, but until then you don't realize it. The library in that show is the library from from Breakfast Club. Is the, it's, it's is the awesome. set of the show, they're in the library like the whole time? No, they're in the school and they're oh. out and about. So it's you don't notice it. They're only mm. in there a couple times. But that episode, you really kind of get a sense of like, oh, this oh, is... Yeah. This is the, it's a definite John Hughes and yeah. but yeah, I agree. It's such a, I always, even when I was growing up, like I always, you were on, my schools were always one. I think it's a real, I mean, there's a couple schools here, but it's a real American thing to have like multi-level schools. My junior high had a multi-level school. It. Okay. Cause mine were always my high school too. and I was always like, oh, that'd be cool to be you able to You went to the go. prison high school though. Well, yeah, but uh, <laughs> sure. There was, <laughs> Ailey does have the gym area, like the workout stuff up on the sides in the gym. But other than that, yeah. it's all like, yeah. It it's is. literally a prison. Hey, so it's a, a brutalist masterpiece. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, did you have anything, anything else that uh, works really well? No, I think I think you're right. I think the cast really is really good. I do like the fact that it's not. I think one of the geniuses of the movie is that it doesn't move around a lot. Mm-hmm. That you just it's very dialogue driven. It's like a play, like we yeah. talked about before we started. Like, it's really got a vibe of like outside of cup running around the halls a couple times. This could just be a play. Like it almost feels like it was adapted for the for the screen from stage. Yeah, right. Uh, Category three is cringe moments. (laughs) Hope you're uh, sit down for this lay lay back. Yeah. (laughs) There's a lot. I really no. There's a lot, but there's one. There's one big one that I want to say. Okay, go ahead. You go ahead. I think Molly Ringwald is terrible in this movie. Oh, like as an actress. As an actress. Awful. And she's fifteen, so probably now you feel now that you know that that probably still I don't things. care. I didn't think she was that bad. I think she's really. There's just some parts where like she could really stick home her character, and really stick home some scenes, and I yeah. think just she's just bad. Like oh, I, I just never don't that. feel it. Like there's some scenes where her and Bender have those dialogue that could be really, really real. Yeah, and he's just way better than her as an actor, and she just—I know she's fifteen, and like yeah. now that I now that I know that's kind of like, okay. Maybe I'll give her a little bit of grain of salt, but yeah. it's just like, she's bad. No, I, I never felt that because I actually feel that that's kind of how it's supposed to work. He's supposed to bowl her right over, mm. and she is sort of. She's the preppy goody, two shoes, who thinks she has a hard life. Super entitled. And so she gets bowled over because she just can't answer. She can't answer in the same way that some of them can. Now, that's not to say that, you know, her feelings about how her parents treat her and she's insignificant or when she's, you know, I think the stuff that's in there about, you know, the virgin and the whore, like these girls feeling this pressure of like having to be a certain way. I think that's all real. But I mean, her dad's not hitting her. You know what I mean? Like there's different stuff, right? So. I actually think she does a really good job of sort of just being like looking shell shocked the whole yeah. time. Um, but yeah, 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 I didn't. I actually thought they were all very good. Yeah, yeah. Um, I really think that a, the weak part of this movie is the Bender Claire stuff at the beginning, like yeah. the scene where you know the scene where he's like underneath the table. Yeah, that's gross. Like it's really yeah. I feel like yeah. they could they would. I think if you do this 
obviously do this again. I think you cut that out, and I think I would have cut that out back then too. Yeah, I don't think it was too make, far. I don't think it would make the movie, or if it did, there would have been more consequences. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no social media, and like, there's no one talking about this on Reddit or like, yeah. or yeah. But like, there would have been a thing where like he's arrested at the end, yes. or like yeah. he gets the shit kicked out yeah. of him by Andy yeah. or whatever, right? Like, mm-hmm. I do think there. I mean, I still think some of that. I mean, obviously, we know that stuff still happens. Yeah. Um, so maybe it would be in the movie, but it would be less played as kind of like a joke like it is kind of played as like a little bit of a funny ha ha yeah and it's fast like it's like it's, yeah. it's over and they never talk about it right like even just the close shot where all of a sudden you see from like his perspective where he's looking and you can kind of see it you're like well, that that kind of reminds me of like porkies or yeah. you know like kind of movies from yeah. that point in time where it was like oh you get to see the girlfriend's bush like yeah. oh my god this is so crazy yeah like revenge of the nerds mm-hmm. or even like 16 candles like that's kind of like a crumb and it would he, you might see him turn, and then you might just see her fucking like kick him, him in the nuts or something yeah. like that, right? Yeah, I mean, to me, the whole there's the big cringe things are there's three. There's obviously the use of the word faggot, yeah, you know, which Estevez sort of throws out, which would be very different now. I mean, mm-hmm. you still guy might still say it. Mm-hmm. But for a guy who's kind of like the good guy in the movie, yeah. <laughs> for him to just throw that out yeah. just doesn't just doesn't rhyme. This doesn't go. The other thing is, yeah, the Bender Claire relationship, uh, and then the last one is the Sheehy. So the Andy, and then what's her name again? She's character. Uh, oh, she's. Anyways, yeah. How like she gets turned pretty. Yeah. Right. And I think a lot of women watching that now would be like, fuck that. I'm not changing how I look yeah, for, for a him. dude. Yeah. But it is also good to remember that he doesn't ask her to do that. Nope. You can tell very early on when they're walking around the halls or when he checks up on her, he kind of has, he kind of likes her. Mm-hmm. And it's Claire that changes how she, how she looks. Yeah. Right. But I do think now you wouldn't have that. Right. It would mm-hmm. be like, no, I, you're, or when he, when, when she comes up to him and he like something like oh like there would be a line of like I liked you just yeah, the just way, way you, you are were. yeah you exactly. were fine yeah right because it's yeah. so funny because I like for me growing up like that's hot how mm-hmm. Ali she looks that's how kids in the eighties looked like, yeah the kids that I hung around with like the cool kids looked like her yeah the uh, like. When she turns into whatever that other thing is, it's like, oh, yeah, no thanks. Like that's too preppy and beyond me. Like mm-hmm. this is the kind of girl, like the the new wave. She yeah. listens to the Cure yeah. and Prince, and <laughs> yeah. she's into drama yeah. or whatever, right? Like that for me would be like, oh, that's the that's the cool girl. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's very she's all that. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. oh hey, put yes. on the oh my god, yeah. yeah. Look, your, your glasses on aren't on anymore. You're so hot. Um. Last two things I have is the language you mentioned. Sorry, three things. The language you mentioned, um, then like the opening edit after the Bowie quote. Yeah, and it shows it's like very iMovie. Like I did that on my iMovie in a class with the thing exploding. Exploding. It's like this is terrible. Like this is awful. (laughs) Who decided? Who let John Hughes put that in the movie? Like I would be like, no, 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 take that out. This is terrible. I I think yeah, it's of its time. Uh, Sorry, back of that too. I think there would obviously be more racial diversity in the movie now too right? oh yeah so like it's five yeah. white kids like yeah. i think it's you know even if it was in chicago yeah i mean even if it's geo yeah demographically correct for the time there would still be like yeah like where's someone yes. of, there's gonna be someone of color yes. in that school right and then bender like literally has gray hairs like judd nelson in his in his like that's dyed though right i think he's dying his hair 
Like the I characters look, dying his hair? Yeah, the yeah. characters dyed his hair to sort of have like a little bit, like it's like a silver gray purple oh, or whatever. Oh, it looks like it looks real to me. That oh, like, no. oh, he's old. No, no, no. <laughs> I think it's like meant to be like a, like a platinum blonde like mm-hmm. type of. Yeah. Because you can tell those, like there's even a comment about like, like you can see that some of them, like a- Andy and Claire know each other. Because they're talking about a party later on. Yeah, right? like they're they've hung in the they same hang crowd. In the same circles, and I think the other two might. Even though she says she doesn't have any friends with uh, Brian, with with Bender. Oh, no, Bender. Brian's all Brian's yeah. totally friends with the guy that got <laughs> that got his butt thing. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. Like Brian's yeah. the loser yeah. in the group, right? Yeah. Um, I did quotes there just so you know. Yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I realize people aren't watching this. They're like, what did you just call? Him? <laughs> Uh, let's go to category four is who is the most dateable character and why to me is that obviously they're all high school students. Like so I'm having you know a tough time. Like, and also just their personalities. I feel like that none of them were, I don't know. I just, yeah, no, like none of them, no, none of them. They're all like not the best people or someone that I would maybe as a high school student be. Yeah. And I think that's like, I think the question isn't here like, because I think the whole point of this movie is showing the broken side of them, right? Yeah. Which is not appealing when someone's like, Hey, what, what's dateable about yeah. you? Like, Oh <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. So I, yeah, I don't know if it's a relevant question yeah. here. Let's go to category five is what's up with that. We talk about any plot holes or any questions I have about the movie. Hmm. The first one I have is, do you like that Brian is like the narrator? You know, I don't know if I realized until this watch that he actually was. I always thought it was Emilio Estevez. To me, it's from his. To me, this movie is from his perspective. Yeah, because he's writing at the beginning. He talked about him writing at the end. Yeah, that's an interesting point about like. So we go in from the because I just did I. I put it back from an objective observer, but it's very different if you watch it from the lens of like Ryan's, Brian's writing and you're going yes. in. And so everything you see is from his perspective, which I think would actually still be pretty honest and faithful, right? Like mm-hmm. I don't find him, I don't think he would be an unreliable Able narrator. narrator. No. Because his character, yeah. Like I think it's pretty honest. He's the smartest of the bunch. Like yeah. he's the most, to me, he's the most aware of what's going on. Yeah. Out of all of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we talked about this question, but I wanted to bring this question up is Vernon. So Vernon is a dictatorish kind of principal, and he clearly hates his job and clearly hates children. Why would he say, hey, you all get detention, and you're going to come in on my own time on a Saturday mm-hmm. at 7 a.m.? I'm also going to dress in a suit. Like, I'm going to look nice for you and wake up early on a Saturday, and I'm going to spend all from 7 to, what, 4 Something like that. Yeah. yeah. All day with you and then go home. Like, why? Like, and then he's, like, doing it with Bender where they're going to be there for the next two dude, months. I got you for the next two months. I'm like, dude, you're giving up eight Saturdays to be with this kid? Just like, to... Like, come on. Like, yeah. What? Like, just you and... Yeah. Like, it's just... Maybe a suspension's a better way yeah. to, go, <laughs> to go with this? Yeah. Like... Um. Did you watch this on Prime? Yeah. 
Why is there ads on Prime? <laughs> like it's YouTube. That's so I funny. was like, what is this? This that is stupid. to me for the first time. Yeah. I actually, that's so funny you say yeah. that because I was like, I only got one, but I was like, what the hell just happened <laughs> yeah. here? Me too. In yeah. like the middle of the, like in a, in like a, I don't remember when, but it was like a f- scene where I was really feeling it. And then yeah. like this Jack Reacher ad comes on. Yeah. And I'm like, what is this? I think they're doing the same thing that everybody else is. They're adding like you had to pay an extra $3 now. Like the YouTube thing? Yeah, but I'm like, what? This is stupid. It made me so angry. I know. How many students are at this school, you think? It's a big school. I think that's probably a good, uh, over 1,000 kids, maybe 1,500 kids, probably. Oh, I, w- I was going to say like more like 3,000, like be. like an Ainley. I mean, you get the side, you only really kind of get the external shot of the building, but it does look like a big school, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. And actually, you know what? And the fact that they don't the know each is, other. The fact that like, yeah, the fact that there's like a gate yeah. that cuts off access to part of a school, you're right, probably means it's freaking huge and that they don't know i'm assuming that they're all in the same grade yeah and they don't know each other at all yeah and like people even i went to a decently big high school like i would have known who you were yeah i mean at ainley i would never would have known it's true times were different too back then without phones and social media and stuff and i didn't know like anybody that was down on the shop end of things unless i had the occasional class i had no idea yeah that's true so again it's one of those one of the ones how the clicks break up um and there was like an arts part like the kids that were really into the sort of arts music and like things that i like that i wasn't into Mm -hmm. you could really stay in one section and never really interact with each other if you wanted to Mm -hmm. but yeah so it's two levels there's like a gate the fact that they're trying to figure out how to cut through parts yep. to get to back to the library, you're right. And the library itself is huge. Yeah. To like, me, the library would be like, is like a central point of the school probably. Yeah, that's totally right dead set in the middle. Because right? like... Cafeteria and library. The, his office is right there. Like I yeah. would say most principal's offices now are like in the central part of the school so they can see everything. What's yeah, going exactly. On. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he is a, is he a vice principal or the principal? I think he must be a vice principal, right? Oh, really? To me, he plays as the principal. To, oh, to me, okay. he plays as I run the school. Uh, to me, I play as like he's... He's the fourth he, AP. No, he can't be the principal because he doesn't act to have access to those files. Oh. Right? When they get downstairs and he's looking at the personnel files and uh, the janitor is like... Those are private. You're not supposed to be yeah. looking at those. Yeah. Carl, right? Yeah. yeah. Carl's like, you're not supposed to be looking at those. So mm. that tells me he might not even be a vice principal. He, but his, you're right. His office is right there. So it's that's interesting. To me, like no other teacher would have power to do that though, to like, hold the detention like that on a Saturday. Yeah, that's why. Like I always thought it was like he's the vice of vice principal. Like that school's big enough to have three or four. Yeah. And he has access to certain pieces of information, but like only the principal can see the private mm-hmm. files, the personnel files, mm-hmm. which is also crazy. Like why the hell are their personnel files with like a psych evaluation <laughs> down, <laughs> down in the basement that the janitor knows about? Yeah. yeah. Um, like I only taught very briefly, but I was never made aware yeah. of, and if there were referrals like that, I guarantee you they're in the principal's office. They're not. Yeah. You can find that now. No, like on like, on a, like, the power schools and the stuff yeah. like you could find that stuff right. pretty easily now right. as a teacher. Right. Um, my last question is, what do you think John Hughes would say that his best movie was? Would you say that he, like, is this his passion project? Like that he, I think his favorite movie would be playing strains and automobiles. Yeah. Just because of his particular love of John Candy. Mm. And I think that's the real John Candy showcase yeah. movie. It's the one that I know I listened to a podcast before Christmas that they shot so 
Uh, did I? I never sent you the link for that. It was that one that. Uh, did they shoot so much stuff and they cut a lot? They shot that movie, original movie was like almost four hours. Is there a is there an extended cut? I want to. No, watch there isn't an extended cut, and there's lots of stuff that uh, didn't even get shot. So there's a, a podcast with um, what's the kid's name from the Dick Frank or uh, Ralphie from Christmas Christmas Story. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's buddy? So John Favreau basically produces a pod or Vince Vaughn and John Favreau produce a podcast. That this guy hosts, and they only do it at Christmas, and they do Christmas, they do holiday movies. Mm. But this year they did a Thanksgiving movie, and they did planes, trains, and automobiles, and yeah. they had the film editor on. Okay. So the guy who basically saw all the footage mm-hmm. of everything and all the shots, and it's insane. It's like a huge, yeah. But a lot of it doesn't exist, and yeah, they haven't really, or a lot of it, like it didn't actually. They just did so many rehearsals that it didn't actually get on film. But then even what got on film, I think it was close to three and a half, four hours. Wow. And then he, and he was, there's a whole, it's a really great podcast. Yeah. uh, Maybe you can share it after on like on your, yeah, on your Instagram channel for people to listen to. But uh, yeah. And like Hughes was on vacation and then the movie was like, they basically had to wait for him to come back. <laughs> and then he cut out like an hour, him and the editor sat down and cut out like an hour and a half, literally like in one sitting. Wow. And then there was, and then they still cut out a little bit more, but yeah. So I think that's probably it just because I know of their very close relationship and I know like the Steve Martin stuff, but yeah, that's a really good question. Yeah. Yeah. Because I do think, I do think he was very, like very, it's, the relationship with Molly Ringwald, I think, is a little weird. Like, I think maybe he had a little bit of an adult crush on her, right? Or saw something. Yeah. Like, those kids were a little bit of a vehicle to back to his youth for him or mm-hmm. something like that. So maybe it's those yeah. ones that, you know, feature her in a hall. Um, which is funny because it's only, like, three movies. Everyone thinks, like, oh, they're in, like, all the John Hughes. Like, and it's like... She's only in two, isn't he? And he's only in three. Like, Hall's in three. Sixteen Candles, Pretty in Pink, Breakfast Club. Weird Science, four. Four. So he's he's in, four. in four, she's in three. She's in three, yeah. Right, because right. she's a star in all three of those. Yeah. Right, he's also in Weird Science. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> those are all my what's up with that. Do so you have any other questions? No, I don't think so. No? All right, we'll take a quick break, and then we'll hit Freaks and Geeks. <laughs> All right, we're back with Category 6, Freaks and Geeks, where we completely nerd out with camera angles, weird quirks about the movie, etc., etc. The scene in which all characters sit in a circle on the floor in the library and tell stories about why they were in detention was not scripted. Oh, really? Writer John Hughes told them to ad-lib. That whole thing is ad-libbed? Apparently, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Hughes later said that his biggest regret about the movie was using the breaking glass effect. Yeah. He's like, this is stupid. <laughs> it is. Uh, Hughes wrote the screenplay in two days, July 4th and July 5th, 1982. Come on, man. July 4th, you got nothing better to do on like... <laughs> his ability to pump out a script in like four days People is don't just do remarkable. That yeah. Uh, Judd Nelson improvised a part at the closing of the film where Bender raises his fist in yeah. defiance. He was supposed to just walk into the sunset, so to speak, and Hughes asked him to play around with a few actions. Yeah. When he was done and they were finishing up, Nelson threw his fist up without running it by anyone. Everyone loved it, and it's also become an iconic symbol of the 80s. Yep. 
Uh, it was originally suggested that there would be several sequels to this movie occurring every 10 years in which the Breakfast Club would get back together. This did not come to pass due to uh, the bad relationship between Hughes and Judd Nelson. Hughes stated that he would never work with Nelson again. Also, it was unclear whether or not Hughes still had ill will against his off-cast starlet, Molly Ringwald. Yeah. They had a falling out in the late 80s after Ringwald decided to move on from the teen film genre to pursue more adult roles. Yeah. Thus, se- severing her relationship with Hughes. Yeah. It's an interesting... So that whole thing is just kind of... I have a couple uh, casting what-ifs for you. Okay. I found a lot of this actually online. Uh, Estevez was originally supposed to be Bender... And then, however, when Hughes wasn't able to find someone to play Clark, Estevez was, they moved him to yeah. that. Nicholas Cage was considered the role of John Bender. Well, that would have been interesting. Um, and then and it, was, it went down between uh, John Cusack and Judd Nelson. That's what it came down to. I did not know that. I think John, John Cusack would have been too... No, he's too nice. He's at too that nice. point, at that point in time, too, like yeah, he's still like that's Lloyd Dobler, like that's mm-hmm. still just too. Yeah, Nick Cage would have been an interesting choice because he wouldn't have done a lot then at at that point. Like I don't think Moonlighting was out or anything. Yeah, he had just basically been a stoner with no lines in Fast Times. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think. Did he do? Oh, maybe, but yeah, no. Again, yeah. Don't see it. I don't see it. Like I mean, I think he could be cruel, but there's just a different. Mm-hmm. No, I I think that was pretty good casting. Here were some other. Uh, Charlie Sheen would have been really good. Yeah. Here were some other. Uh, Matt Dillon. Sorry, go ahead. Some other casting, what ifs for uh, Andrew's character? Michael J. Fox was looked at. Yeah. Matthew Broderick was looked at. Tom Cruise and Rob Lowe. Yeah. And then for like, uh, basically everybody from the outside. Yeah. <laughs> And then Jodie Foster, Laura Dern, Diana Lane, and Robin Wright auditioned for Claire. Huh. Mm. I think. Uh, it's like a I think Laura Dern would have been good. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think Diane Lane would have been great. Robin White, I don't know, but that's a great group of people, right? Yeah. Like, it's basically. Tom Cruise would. I think Tom Cruise would have been. Would have been good as Andrew. Yeah, I think so. I would have liked someone like Matt Dillon because Matt Dillon, or even Patrick Swayze. Swayze was too old. But Matt Dillon. Had a little, has a little bit of a dark side in him. He could have been Bender. Well, he's yeah, Bender. Sorry, yeah. He's basically a version of Bender and the Outsiders. Yeah, like a, the bad boy yeah. who. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Tom Cruise could have been Andy for sure. Yeah, the college yeah. football. I mean, that's basically do the right stuff. Or yeah, whatever. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's all my freaks and geeks. Got anything else you wanna bring up? No. No, in terms like we talked earlier about the shots. I love sort of how some of the shots were. They use a lot of tight shots, which I really excuse me, thought was very effective and it's very, um, very John Hughesy as well. Yeah. When a character's kind of giving a monologue, like he's in. Like, yeah. It's like, oh, I'm yeah. right here. Yeah. Um, so I, I like some of that stuff. A lot of the pan, like he does a lot of like the, he does a lot of the Scorsese, like the one takes. Yeah. Like especially when they're in the, the library there. Yeah. And he kind of does like the pan. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Um, other than that, no, I can't think. I mean, it's an '80s. You know, you're not looking for like yeah. you're not looking for Goodfellas yeah. or Kurosawa here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Orson Welles. Like, yeah. Oh my god, look at the yeah, look at the cinematography. <laughs> or, you know, uh, let's go to category seven. Is the Brad Pitt Award for best quote? Um, Dear Mr. Vernon, we accept the fact that we had to sacrifice a whole Saturday in detention for whatever it was we did was wrong. But we think you're crazy to make us write an essay telling who you think we are. What do you care? You see us as you want to see us. In the simplest terms, in the most convenient definitions, 
Macias has a brain, an athlete, a basket case, a princess, and a criminal. Correct? That's the way we saw each other at 7 a.m. this morning. We were brainwashed. I love that last line. We were brainwashed. brainwashed yeah. 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 The I really like this line, too. It's like, does, does Barry Manilow know you raid his wardrobe? <laughs> who, I don't even know who Barry who is Barry Manilow. Oh, Barry Manilow is like a fam- very famous sort of like, I don't want to say lounge singer, but... Like sort of like a Barbara Streisand type. Would singer. that joke have absolutely hit back then? Like, oh yeah, people would have died oh, yeah. laughing. Even now, like yeah. yeah, a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Screws fall out all the time. The world is an imperfect place. Um, last one I really like is <laughs> the next time I come in here, I'm cracking skulls. And he does like the <laughs> <laughs> he does like the horns. Yeah. So so awesome. Yeah, those are all. And then the last uh, the last monologue as well. By Brian. Those, those are my lines. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I'm just looking at the. Uh, 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 yeah. <laughs> Could you describe the ruckus, sir? It's <laughs> a good one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, he's a ruckus bean man. Yeah. He's like, could you describe the, the ruckus? ruckus. <laughs> Shut up. It'd be a great clip as like a sample in the song. Like, yeah. It's very. It'd be like a yeah, like a Kanye like. A, yeah. Uh, could you describe the, the ruckus? ruckus and then it's like, whoa, 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 So good, yeah. I want to try. I was trying to find the quote where, where Brian's stoned, but uh, I didn't. Yeah. yeah, he says something. <coughs> yeah. Yeah, and then, yeah. Screw, yeah. Screws fall all the time. The world is an imperfect place. It's actually a pretty deep. Pretty deep line. Pretty deep line yeah. when you see it separate from yes. what it is. But, yeah. yeah. Uh, category eight is the blind pig award for the character you'd want to hang out with for one night and one night only. The janitor, <laughs> but I think he would be like Carl. But I think he'd actually be a good time to. Hang. I'd probably be buddies with him. Speaking of, I want to do a side shout out here to John Capellas, the Canadian actor. He's Canadian mm-hmm. who plays the janitor Carl in this movie. His uh, his uncle is Vashi Capellas, who mm. is uh, a political. Uh, TV host. She hosts Power and Politics on CTV. Uh, she's a reporter. She used to report here in Edmonton. And I actually did a uh, Instagram live with her about the Jordan documentary. Do you remember when I did oh, that? Oh, yeah. That was her? It? That's her. So her uncle is John Capellos, who uh, also, in addition to this, his greatest role is uh, he's Jerry's accountant in Seinfeld, and they think he's doing coke. <laughs> Yeah. And it turns out he's just allergic to Kramer's sweater or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, like that's the episode yeah. where Kramer drinks and smokes at the yeah. same time at the bar. Yeah, that's John Capellos. Really? Yeah, that's the same guy. Wow. So shout out to John. Shout out Johnny. Yeah. To he's me, done a ton of stuff. To me, he's like, I don't know if I, there's not that many characters I want to hang out with. I want to hang out with Al Sheed, like I said before, like. But like for one night only. Yeah. She but like never like hang out with her again. Like, yeah, like we'd listen to Prince. We'd uh, I feel like you'd like to do that a couple times. We, though. Yeah, I know, but I'm saying if I just one night with any of them, like yeah. I don't want to hang out with any of them. No. She'd be the only one. Like we go yeah. to the arcade, but she might be into D and D. You know, all my favorite <laughs> yeah. stuff from the yes. 80s. Uh, <laughs> let's go to category nine: is the Al Pacino Award for overacting. I want to say. I feel like they all kind of have their yeah. moments, but I feel like Estevez is probably has a couple moments where he's like, "What's that line you said earlier?" Where he's like, "Oh, <laughs> it'll be two hits, me hitting you, you hitting the floor." Yeah, yeah, and he's like, "Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, I think Vernon as a character is a little over the top, yeah. but I don't know if the acting necessarily is. Yeah. Same with Bender, but yeah. I mean, no, what I if think... Pacino was uh, <laughs> <laughs> Vernon? Oh, my God. How old would Pacino have been in 85? Like, would he have been old enough to be... Oh, yeah, he would totally would have been a perfect for, like, yeah, he would have been, like, a 55-year-old for maybe something. God, this movie's almost 40 years old. It makes me feel so old. But, uh, yeah, he totally would have been good. That would have been hilarious. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> you play with the bull! I can't even... I can't do Pacino, so... You know, just screaming. I'd love to have Christopher Walken. Like, yeah. Come on. Come on. Bender. Bender. I got you for two more months. <laughs> uh... Category 10 is the McLovin Award for the actor or actress who never misses in limited screen time, give or take 15, 20 minutes. I mean, they're all in it. Like, like, would you say Vernon, I guess? I guess. Or I really like Brian's sister. <laughs> she has that one line of the star where the mom's like, you get in there and you do this. And she's That's like, his real life mom and sister. Really? Yeah. And she's like, yeah. And did you see who's in the movie at the end? John Hughes, right? Yeah, John yeah. Hughes is like, picks up Claire, right? Yeah. yeah at yeah. the end, that's John Hughes. Um, no, it's interesting because... We were before we went on air tonight. We were talking. It's funny because I looked up the IMD for this DB for this just mm-hmm. to look at the cast, and I had to like I thought I was looking at the wrong page because th- there's 15 casts in this entire movie. Yeah, that's crazy. 15 is like, like but then you think about it, you're like, yeah, no, it's a play. Yeah. There's no backgrounders. There's no second things. There's no people just like walking. There are around. like six talking parts, seven in this entire movie. Yeah, you know, other than yeah, like the one line, the six, you know, a couple of the parents say or whatever. It's just like, um, so there really isn't anybody. I think that's probably a testimony to how good it is too as an ensemble cast. Because mm-hmm. if someone was really bad, like I know you said Claire is bad, but if she was really, yeah, she's really not bad, that bad, it would have ruined yeah the movie, the movie, right? You would have the feelings. You would have sort of been like, what is this? Because they're, the they're in the movie the whole time. Yeah. Like they're not really like no one goes to the away for an extra. Yeah, point. they're never other than Bender running around. Yeah. Because even when they leave, they usually go in twos, right? Yeah, exactly. That's the one that always got me. Like when he leaves to go get weed, that's one of the we never talked about it. The plot holes. Yeah. Why did they go with? And they even say in the movie they're all like, like Brian's like, why are, why are we? we here? He's like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And I was like. Well, I'm glad they say that because yeah. that was my first question: is why did you all of a like, sudden why did just, just Bender just yeah bend. like why didn't you just something say, to do yeah they just cut to them cutting out yeah and yeah you can kind of be like okay there but I'm like yeah it's weird it's weird it's weird I would have been weird. like I'm not going with you yeah. like yeah you go yeah, like, yeah I'm going to my locker okay, okay. <laughs> I mean I guess if you're at least you would have a line in there being like oh my god I'm so bored okay yeah. I'm fine like even if he had said that like Estevez is like. There's nothing else to do. Yeah. Right? <laughs> but it is a weird thing where you're like, oh, I don't know why they went. Yeah. Um, category 11 is the Brooks Hatlin Award for how much jail time for someone who has not seen this movie. So if you were walking down the street and you bumped into a person around uh, your age. Yeah. My age. Yeah, your oh, age. Oh, my age. And you're like, and they're like, I've never seen The Breakfast They should them. be in prison. For sure. life? Yeah, forever. Like for, for life? To like, me, I, they should be immediately kidnapped. <laughs> and their parents. <laughs> you know what I want is the scene from old school. Yeah. Like what I want is that happens. I push a button, a black van comes out. Ride the lightning by Metallica is played. <laughs> exactly. The door opens. Guys with hoods jump out. Pull that person in. They're taken somewhere and basically made to watch. Their like eyes are toothpicks open like clockwork. Clockwork. <laughs> 
The best in old school that part where he's like Will Ferrell's like, if you tell anyone, I'll kill you. It's like, I'm kidding. I'll be back by five. Just joking. <laughs> yeah. But that's that's for someone my age to not have seen it. That it's a it's a pretty egregious crime. To I would, me, I would say that someone around my age, I'd probably give them ten years. Yeah, I feel like it's a like. I mean, it's difficult because every time you're on, we ask that question. They're all movies I love, so for me, I'm very emphatic about them. But I do also very much believe that there are, you know, there's, you know, we talk about in world, the thing like the Western canon, which is this concept that, you know, growing up that there are important books and pieces of literature and music that everybody should sort of have some familiarity with Mm. to be able to sort of mingle in the world, right? Like someone, you should be able to have an understanding. You you don't need to have read the whole Bible. Yes. But if someone makes a reference or Shakespeare, you should be able to understand. Yep. Well, now that we're further on and there's more things, you know, television and, and movies, that's more like it. Like if someone says, you've, you know, it's a line from Casablanca and you don't know that that's from Casablanca, you're like, what? And it's sort of the same thing with some of these movies where it's like, no, I feel like you should have watched this. More importantly, your parents should yes. have educated you. Yes, in I always say that movies. to people. Especially these ones because like, I mean, even just what we were talking about, how Ringwald still, like, you can have so, it's such a conversation starter. So what she says, she's on, uh, she was on, I think, the Today Show, and then she was on um, Seth Meyers last night or the night before, and she was like, my kids didn't pick up their phones the whole time. She's like, that's how I knew they liked it. Mm. She's like, usually doesn't matter what movie we watch at some point, yep. they'll text or do yep. something like that. And it's like, even if you don't agree with the movie, it's such... I mean, that's actually almost good that you don't like... You shouldn't like everything yeah. that happens in this movie. No, you shouldn't. Right? So it's like... But it's such a good conversation starter because I still think it just sort of... This movie is a gateway to conversation. This movie is a gateway to conversations that we should be talking about in today's society. It's so hard being a kid. Yeah, it is. Right? Like Especially even, now. You know? Like... And it doesn't matter. Like, it's just... Yeah, I mean... And now there are things that we, I never, like, yeah, we had bullying, but God, I never had online bullying, or I never had, you know, like those, some of those things now mm-hmm. that are just so much harder. And it's, it's just a very tough time in your life. Put it, even just put it, even if everything else is right, the chemicals in your body are telling you, are t- telling you 10 different things yeah. at once. Yep. Right? So you could have everything perfect. Your family life's great. No one's bullying you. You've got a, <laughs> yeah. you got good grades. You're on whatever. Everyone likes you. You're a very kind person. Yep. Your body every day is like, Argh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's like watching, uh, what's the Nick Kroll show? A big mouth? Big mouth. That's exactly yeah. <laughs> Right? It's, it's like, like literal word vomit. Yeah, it's yeah. exactly it. So, yeah. um, yeah, it's tough. And so I think, yeah, to me, like, if you're a parent, like. It's tough out there. Wa- yeah, and also show your kid this movie. And also, it's just, I, I just think it's a good movie for everybody yeah. to watch. Category 12 is scenes you wish you saw. I really liked that Carl Vernon scene when they're talking about, like, Carl's, like, you know, kids have changed. Yeah. And, like, you got to change with them. I wish there was maybe more of that. I would have liked to learn a little bit more about Carl. And, I mean, I think the subtle thing is. It doesn't matter. High school, the subtle message there is high school doesn't matter. Yep. Because you can be the top kid in school and later in life, you're just going to be the janitor. Yep. But there's also a thing where there's a dignity to Carl Mm -hmm. and it doesn't matter that he's just a janitor. He's still a good person. Yes. You know, like 
He ta- he seems nice with the kids. Him and Bender clearly know each other. When they're leaving, <laughs> he's like, I'll see you again next weekend. Yeah. They have a nice little smile. Yeah. He defends the kids to the principal. Mm-hmm. So it's in- his character is interesting. I would like to know a little bit more about like how yeah. did Carl get to where he is? My ne- like The next category is the elevator pitch would be like a, a show about Carl. Oh, yeah. Like a nice little Netflix show yeah. about Carl or yeah. something. Yeah. I, I'm, that thing you said about how they were going to do this every 10 years – it's very link later, isn't it? Yeah. It'd be kind of crazy to see yeah. that, though. That would be fascinating to see. I guess, yeah, everyone's still alive except for except Hughes, for Hughes. And, and Gleason's passed away, I think. Yeah, so. right. So, But all the main characters yeah. are still yeah. alive. Yeah. Uh, category 14 is Would you watch this as a Broadway musical? As a musical? Mm-hmm. No. But I'd watch it as a Broadway play. As a Broadway play, I think it'd, it'd be, be perfect. Great. Yeah. In fact, I'm shocked it hasn't yes. been made into a Broadway. Well, play. I know that uh, high school in Saint, one of the high schools in Saint Albert, when I was in grade twelve, they did this. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. Or like someone has someone has not adapted the script to a more 2024. Like, yeah, with I think... more like more, uh, you know, we're not talking about whatever they're talking about, like in the 80s. Let's make it more relevant now. Yeah. It's surprising that someone hasn't tried to do a remake like of movies, but no one's tried the John Hughes ones. And I think it's it's like with some of those movies are too sacred to be effed with, right? It's like when you hear the rumors like, oh, they're going to redo Wizard of Oz, and everyone's like, don't do that. What are you talking? Like yeah. there are some like, yeah, I guess you can redo Roadhouse, or but like don't with do Jake Gyllenhaal, yeah, but don't do like another. another I mean, I would. I'm traumatized by the fact they're making like a Roadhouse. Come on, yeah. come on, you can't beat Swayze, yeah. but. Uh, it's not a canonical movie the same yeah. way that some of these are, but yeah, I'm surprised even that someone hasn't done like a proper Broadway play adaptation mm-hmm. of it because I'm sure like that high school either they just adapted it themselves or it's just someone. Well, they used that Hughes used that same school for Ferris Bueller yeah. and, and Pretty in Pink and like yeah. all he used the same school. Yeah, no, but I mean, um, like the in, in St. Albert, oh, like the where did they get oh. that play from, right? Like oh, who, yeah, yeah. Who wrote yes, yeah. the adaptation, yeah. right? Yeah, I don't know. I never know that. How does that, because everything. You have to get rights and you have to like buy the rights yeah, as exactly. a school and stuff. So that someone I... would have had to have adapted this. It's out there. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, category 15 is the Schindler's List to super bad rewatchability scale. Schindler's List, great movie. Being a zero, never really watch again. Super bad being a 10 out of 10 rewatchable. Where do you put this on the scale? It's probably a four or five, again, because it's so... It's not dark. It's just heavy. I watch it every, like, five, six years. Yeah, that's a good... good. I agree. That's a good... You want to keep it fresh in your head a little bit, watch it, but it's... It'll be interesting to show, like, my kids and stuff. But, like, compared to other John Hughes... But compared to Bueller... Yeah. Uncle Buck... Yep. Planes, Trains. Planes, Trains... Christmas vacation, Mister Mum. I watched Mister Mum a few times. Oh, so good. Yeah, it's such a slept on movie. Yeah, so good. Yeah. Um, even Sixteen Candles and Pretty in Pink, like <clears> those <throat> are much more. Like if those are on on a Saturday afternoon on the TV, you're watching those. Weird Science. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I would just have it. Yeah, three or four. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, category sixteen is the MVP of the movie, whether that be an actor, an actress, director, screenplay writer, cinematography, whatever. Here are my three nominees. John Hughes, Judd Nelson, and just the high school movie genre. Fair. I, I think you're right. I think... Uh, I would say it's Hughes, though. I would have said, yeah, I think Judd Nelson. Yeah, I mean, it's a tight script. It's hard to argue against that. I'm a big uh, what's, big what's in the pod 
if you're a big What's in the Pod fan, you'll know that I usually give my MVPs to someone if you wrote it and directed it. Because, like, you're just yeah. doing two things. Yeah, did everything. You did everything. Um, yep, yeah, I don't have a problem with that. I would put uh, Emilio Estevez as the third star. I thought that's a really, really good performance. I think he's very kind of like you get that you buy that he's the athlete, but he's also very tender when yeah. he needs to be. Um, that last scene where he's talking about hazing that kid is just so painful. And yeah. Cool. Like, <clears throat> that whole thing where it switches, like, because it's his, like, the, the brilliance of that dialogue, that monologue, is like, it's enough. If he had just talked about how bad he felt mm-hmm. doing it, that would be enough. But then he just sticks the knife to, into you because he says, then I imagined that kid's dad or going home going home yeah and what that kid's dad felt and how the kid would have felt having to explain that to his dad knowing that how my interaction with this yeah. with my dad that's just like an extra kick in the nuts yeah exactly you're just like oh man yeah and that's like real human empathy it's like it, it, it moves out just to beyond to be like i felt bad because he was humiliated at school to oh i feel really bad because I you're humiliating think, yeah. him in front of his parents yes. and his dad or whatever, right? In a time when still, I mean, what you get from all of these is still men are men, right? It's yeah. a very traditional toxic masculinity, yep. right? Yep. Or the, the the comment where Estevez is, or the feeling that Estevez is, he's humiliated at school. That's the extent that I feel it. Yeah. But now he is, he is this humiliation doesn't just, oh, I leave school. It's, it's done now. Yeah. I've got to go home. Got to go home and explain to my parents that yeah. someone butt taped and my yeah. hair is. Yeah. Terrible. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I would say Hughes to me is the yeah. MVP of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's the pod. That's I'm the Breakfast gonna, Club. I'm never going to argue and say, <laughs> no, John Hughes is overrated. You shouldn't give him yeah. credit. Yeah. Well, thanks for uh, thanks for coming on and talking all things You're Hughes welcome. and Breakfast Club. Okay. So what are we doing next? I want this on the record. My next movie. Well, what are you doing next? I'm going to get. Do you want me to give the quote? You want to guess it? Sure. So for the season finale of season ten, we we recorded season ten, season nine. Sorry, season nine. Even then, season nine, episode ten. Sorry. Jesus. Um, uh, we are uh, we recorded this in the summer, so this has been in the vault for a while. No matter how much you change, you still have to pay the price of the things you've done. So I got a long road, but I know I'll see you again this side or the other. I have no idea. It is a mid two thousands movie. It's all or not. Sorry, it's an early two thousand tens movie. I don't know. I'm not going to tell you. No, you don't have to tell yeah, me. I'll tell you all off air. I'll yeah, tell you. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, uh, but you need to do. We have to do Lebowski still. Yeah. Which again, the fact you haven't done it tells me you properly <clears throat> don't appreciate. No, this movie. no, I've been waiting. There's a lot of movies. We're actually to Friday. Yeah, tomorrow, Friday. Yeah. A bunch of us getting together and planning out season ten. So I'll leave a maybe I'll leave a we can do Lebowski an episode of Lebowski. And True Romance are the movies I really want to do. Just me and you, or should we get should I we can, get a third? I'd be fine doing. I mean, Mickey probably wants it on Lebowski. Yeah, we could we could do that. I'm yeah. fine with doing yeah. True Romance. Yeah, yeah, I can do whatever. With, yeah, I I'm happy to do a group one. Let's yeah. do a gangbang. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> a throuple, me, you, and Mickey will do. Uh, yeah, Floyd. Floyd. Yeah. All right, but uh, that's the episode and. Uh, yeah. We'll do. We'll be on Lebowski and True Romance in season ten. Okay. Okay. Take care. See you next week. Peace.
still here? It's over. Go to bed. Go to work. Go. I'll be here next week. Go. Bye.